Hi, I'm Brad Constantine, and this is a Come Follow Me podcast of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Although this is not an official podcast of the church, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. This year's study is the Book of Mormon. Each week, a new summary podcast of that week's Book of Mormon chapters will be released. But if you want a more detailed analysis of each individual chapter, those will also be available to listen to. I hope this Come Follow Me resource will be helpful to you. As always, you can subscribe to this podcast so you'll be notified each week of a new episode. I hope you like this uh, format. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to this Book of Mormon podcast of the Come Follow Me lessons. This is going to be for lesson number 39, which covers 3rd Nephi chapters 17 to 19, and is going to be for the period September 28th through October 11th. Now, this is going to cover a couple of weeks because of general conference in the middle there, uh, but uh, there's not a whole lot in this anyway, so this will just be a few minutes. Uh, so let's get into this one. So chapter 17, just an, uh, a brief insight first. Um, this chapter gives us an insight into the heart of the Master, a tender, kind, and merciful Savior. The mercy he extended and the spiritual blessing he bestowed upon them also serve as a foreshadowing of his millennial ministry when he will come in glory with healing in his wings to prepare for the multitude or for the ultimate triumph of the plan of salvation. And so as we get into this uh, particular section here, um, he starts off, remember that in the previous episode we had um, Jesus has spent... Um, a day with them so far and he's been teaching them and and they've come to him and so now it's getting a little bit late um, later in the afternoon probably uh, but he, he tells them something here significant in verse 2 and 3 that pertains to us he says I perceive that ye are weak that you cannot understand all my words uh, which I command am commanded of the Father to speak unto you at this time therefore go ye unto your homes and ponder upon the things which I have said so he's telling him to go home, ask of the Father in my name that you may understand, and prepare your minds for the morrow, and I come unto you again. So as we as we learn and study the gospel, we study the scriptures, uh, we, 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 we do this at home, so that this is the reason for the, the home-centered gospel study that we're doing, uh, that we are at home. We ponder upon these things, upon the scriptures, upon conference talks, and so on. And then we ask Heavenly Father to help us better understand them. Uh, and then we prepare our minds to go back again, to go back to church, to go back to general conference. And this also pertains to going to the temple, that as we prepare ourselves to go to the temple, we go frequently. Um, we, we ponder upon the things uh, in the temple, and then we go back again and again, and uh, asking for the Lord's guidance and instruction as we, uh, as we participate in, that, in, that, uh, in those things in the temple. Um, he says in verse 4, I go unto the Father to show myself... Uh, unto the lost tribes of Israel. I wonder if maybe he was going to go to uh, maybe the people of Hagoth that went to the north areas. I don't know who he went to, but uh, apparently this was still some members of the tribes of Israel. Uh, could have been the lost tribes um, that were uh, from Israel that went to the north country. Don't know. Uh, but then because they're in tears, it mentions in verse 5 that he says, uh, I have compassion on you. Uh, so then he's going to heal all their sick. So everybody that's ill of any kind in verse 7 uh, he brings, he has them come to him, and he and he heals all them. But notice the key to their being healed in verse eight. He says, "I see that your faith is sufficient that I should heal you." Even when he was in Galilee, as a, during his mortal ministry, he could not perform miracles because the people didn't have faith in him, and so he had to leave. But here he's showing that uh, that their faith is sufficient that he that he can heal all of them. 
And so they bring forth in verse nine all their all their uh, those that are lame and have any problems whatsoever. And uh, he 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 brings them forth and they all get healed. And then it says in verse ten that they did kiss his feet in so much that they did bathe his feet with their tears. And so that would be showing the, the deep gratitude that they had for what he's just done for them and healing them all. And then in verse 11, he asks that all the little children be brought to him. And uh, as he does that, um, he, uh, he kneels down upon the ground and prays um, and says in verse um, 15, uh, he, he knelt upon the earth and he says, uh, and it says that the things which he prayed cannot be written and the multitude did bear record. After this manner do they bear record, the eye hath never seen, neither hath the ear heard before, so great and marvelous things as we saw and heard Jesus speak unto the Father. Sometimes there are just those spiritual experiences that we that we have that we just can't adequately explain to somebody, not only because of their sacredness, because there's just not words to explain it and, and have somebody understand it. In verse 21, it mentions here that Jesus wept, and here he's weeping for joy because of the faithfulness of these people. Um, and then in verse 23, it says, Behold your little ones. And as they looked, behold, uh, their eyes toward heaven. They saw the heavens open, and angels came down and ministered unto them. Now, by ministering, uh, that also means that they, there's a chatting back and forth, that the, that the angels are conversing with these uh, children and uh, teaching them and helping them to better understand the gospel and, and the, the mission of the Savior. Uh, and so that's, uh, and it mentions in verse 25 that there's about 2,500 people uh, that uh, experience all of this. And so that's uh, the conclusion of day one. So let's go then to chapter 18. So, um, I'm sorry, this is still day one. The day hasn't ended yet. So he's going to bring, he's going to have the disciples bring the sacrament. So verse one, he mentioned, it mentions that they went to, he asked the 12 to go get bread and wine. Now, sometimes we think about wine here as, uh, is this just grape juice or was it wine? And we know that uh, in the Old Testament and New Testament, it often referred to wine as fermented wine, not uh, grape juice. Um, and so that we think that this, uh, obviously back in the old days, this is actually uh, fermented wine that occurred when Jesus mentions that he's gonna drink uh, the new wine. Uh, new wine refers to grape juice, which will be uh, done in our dispensation. Uh, probably at the meeting at Adam on Diamon is when that will be held. Um, in verse um, <clears throat> 5, it mentions how he breaks the bread. And uh, he probably also utters the same prayer that we have. Now, we know back in the Book of Moroni uh, where the sacramental prayers are had, um, I'm sure that that was the prayer that he told them to say. And, and it's the same prayer that we use even today. Um, and in verse 6, he's saying to... To, to do this in remembrance of his body so that as we partake of the bread, we're, we're remembering the sacrifice that he's made. Also uh, in, in, the, in the wine or the cup of water uh, in verse uh, eight and nine, he mentions here that uh, this is in remembrance of his blood in verse 11, uh, which he has shed for us, that we may witness unto the Father that we always remember him. And as we think about the covenants that we have entered into, um, remembering that the, the sacrament, as we renew our covenants, it's all of the covenants. All the covenants that we've made are being uh, being renewed by uh, by the sacrament when we partake of the sacrament. So that's the that's the opportunity that we have every Sabbath day to do that. 
he mentions in verse 15 to watch and pray. And, and it's not just praying for, for us not to be tempted, but to watch ourselves to make sure we don't get led into temptation ourselves, to make sure that we're uh, in the right places at the right time, as the scriptures say that we're standing in holy places and uh, not being fearful or not being moved. In verse 20, as he teaches them to pray, he says, Whatsoever ye ask the Father in my name, which is right, believing that ye shall receive, behold, it shall be given unto you. And here's the, the uh, command for us to know what to pray about, to be inspired as to what we, what we should be praying about. Uh, in verse 21, pray in your families. And he also tells us in 22 to meet together often. So that's a, a command here to meet at least every Sabbath day to renew our covenants and to partake of the sacrament again. In verse 24, he tells them to be the light, uh, that, that they hold up his light, that they show good examples uh, so that they can see the, the examples of the Savior in them. And uh, then he talks about partaking of the sacrament unworthily and uh, how we need to be careful about that. But it's up to the bishopric and, and uh, those that hold priesthood keys to determine um, who should and shouldn't partake of the sacrament. That's not a prerogative of any member of the church to take it upon themselves, but it's the bishop's uh, duty as uh, the holder of the keys in the ward to, to make that determination. Okay, then in verse um, 19, then it mentions that Jesus uh, descended into heaven and that everybody went home except that people stayed up all night. And in verse 3, it says, noised abroad that Jesus was going to come back again tomorrow. Uh, verse 4 then mentions the names of the 12 apostles. Uh, now here's a hint. Uh, later on, it'll mention that uh, the three Nephites who were uh, those that were translated, that uh, it was not permitted to tell their names. But here among these 12, at least we know that the three, ne three names of the three Nephites are in this group of people here. So you can guess uh, maybe which ones they are. We can uh, guess or speculate. We don't know, but uh, it's, it's at least one of these 12 are the three Nephites. Um, and so because the next day there's so so many of them uh, that they are divided into, into 12 groups and that the 12 apostles are teaching each of the groups and it mentions that they teach exactly the same things that Jesus taught the night the day before. So they're probably teaching the, the Sermon on the Mount to them. Uh, then it mentions that uh, that they're, they're baptized in verse 11. Nephi went down into the water and was baptized. And then as he came out and they baptized the 12 and then everybody else. And then in verse 13, it mentions that the Holy Ghost falls upon him. Now, keep in mind that Nephi already had priesthood authority, but because this is a new dispensation, a new church is being organized uh, because this is now the fullness of the gospel, not under any mosaic uh, um, performances at all. And so now everybody that had been previously baptized needs to be rebaptized into the new kingdom or into the new uh, church organization. And so that's what's happening here. This will be, this was also something that happened in our dispensation with Joseph and Oliver and others that were baptized prior to April 6th, 1830, when the church was formally organized. Those that were baptized prior to that date had to be rebaptized also uh, to be part of the church and kingdom of God. I suspect that this will probably have to happen again at the at the millennium when the second coming happens, that when the millennial era is ushered in, that that will be a new dispensation and will probably have to be rebaptized to be part of that new kingdom. Uh, I'm just guessing, but that seems to be the pattern here that we're that we're following. Uh, Jesus prays for the people here in this uh, chapter also. And, and it mentions again that the words that he prayed just can't be uttered, uh, can't be mentioned. Um, and, and how grateful Jesus is for these faithful Nephites. And it mentions in verse 30 that they had become white even as Jesus. 
that Jesus goes off and prays. Now, it's interesting here that the multitude prays to Jesus while he's with them. And he prays to the Father and says, uh, you'll notice that they're praying unto me, and that's just because I'm here. But um, when, I, when I'm gone, they'll, they'll know that they need, they need to pray unto thee instead of unto me. Um, now, the Nephites also... Um, it's interesting that as, as great as the miracles performed by Jesus among the Jews during his mortal ministry, they could not compare with the marvelous things seen and heard and experienced by the Nephites. The great miracles and spiritual manifestations to which the Nephites were witnesses came as a result of their faith. Where there is greater faith, there are greater miracles and spiritual outpourings. So I just want to read you the, a quote here by, um, by someone here regarding the covenants that we make when we partake of the sacrament. As I mentioned, we we renew all of our covenants. Uh, John McKay said, According to our Latter-day prophets and leaders, when, when you partake of the sacrament and renew whatever covenants you have made with the Lord, for example, if you have been baptized only, that is the covenant you renew. If you have received the Melchizedek priesthood, you also renew that part of the oath and covenant related to your having received that priesthood. If you have received your endowment, you also renew the covenants associated with it. Further, if you have been sealed, you also renew that covenant. In other words, when you partake of the sacrament, you renew all the covenants you have made with the Lord. And that was in an Ensign article in March of 1995. And so it's not just the baptismal covenant that we renew upon taking of the sacrament. It's all the covenants that we've made. I bear testimony that these things are true, that this was a, a wonderful experience for the Nephites, and hopefully someday we'll be able to have a similar experience as we uh, as we meet with the Lord when he comes uh, during the second coming. And I bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.